Hi everyone and welcome back. This is my take on it. We're gonna take the we're gonna take it into romance, but we're still talking about social economic class, social economic status, and but we're taking it into the direction of romance and we're seeing what people's opinions are out there on that on this issue. And you all can toss things around in your mind a little bit and think about the experiences that you've had or that you actually heard of like that. And we're not thinking about uh, our answers to these questions aren't that pie in the sky version of everybody's the same. No, they're not. So let's go ahead and get started. And this question is, how often do people of different socioeconomic statuses get married? We're taking it in the direction of romance. And this person, they answer, he's a guy. He states, we spoke about this in my sociology class. I could tell you what the book and teacher said on this subject. First, you have to understand there are different socioeconomic levels. Someone middle class marrying someone upper middle class or someone in the working class poor marrying someone in the lower income class is very common. So he stated that in the book with the, at, in the university that in the sociology class or high school or wherever, it was the university, it was Kentucky, okay, that they are distinguishing the classes socioeconomically as middle class and upper middle class. And I talked about there last week that there's a difference between middle class and upper middle class. In the United States, the middle class, that's the, the largest social economic class in the United States. And I last week mentioned that it was a class above being poor, but he stated that, and this, I've never heard this part, of someone in the working class, working poor class, marrying someone in the lower income class is very common. So there's a working class poor. I thought that the, the economic classes were the people in poverty would be homeless and not working. We talked about this last week. Then I thought that you had the, the working class would be, which be poor. And then you had the middle class, which is the largest group. Then you had the upper middle class. And then we had the wealthy and the rich. And if it's easy to find out what your socioeconomic status is, your taxes tell you that, what tax bracket you're in, and the state that you live in. That That's easy to find out. Now, because we're talking about economics, you know how much money you made, you know what tax bracket you're in. I already told you all that here in Texas, I'm considered upper middle class. I'm not wealthy or rich, and I mentioned that, mentioned that a lot. So... This is the way that they are defining it, the classes, these four specifically in the university. So first you have to understand there are different socioeconomic levels. Someone middle class marrying someone upper middle class or someone in the working poor class marrying someone in the lower income class is very common. Seeing someone from the working poor class marrying someone from the middle class is also very common. So he's saying that that is common is what they're teaching them in school and what has been observed and studied that the working class poor are marrying middle class people. That that's common. It's very common in states. You only start entering into the uncommon territory when the gap between classes or socioeconomic status are wide. So, for example, it's rare to see someone from the working poor class marrying someone from the upper middle class. It does happen, but it is rare. Those from the wealthy socioeconomic status are the least likely to marry down 
And if their family's from old money, then the chances are almost impossible. I won't go into family money because that brings in a whole different dynamic of complexity. Let's just say that a person who was born into a poor family that worked their way up becoming a doctor and therefore placing them into the wealthy status has a higher probability of being open to dating and marrying someone that is middle class or lower than a doctor who was born into money and from a family of wealthy professionals. He has a point. He has a point, just like, just like have we've been talking about, and I've been talking about not the socioeconomic status, but socioeconomic, social class, which are very different. The socioeconomic status and social class are different. And how you have wealthy, rich people that are of a lower social class, but they're just wealthy, rich. Do y'all understand what I'm saying? For example, okay, if you have someone that is wealthy and rich, what people would call new money, and they're accustomed to, they were of a lower socioeconomic class and did all of that and was around all of that and was accustomed to that ambiente, that environment, they're just wealthy and rich. They're still of that social class, that mindset. They're just wealthy and rich now. So they will be comfortable around that type of energy of that social class because that's the class that they are. Their social economic status is just different. Like that. Now, also location matters. Someone who would be considered middle class in Ohio would be considered working poor in New York City. That's what I was stating about if you want to know what your social economic status is it's easy to find out find out whatever state you live in however what you make a year whatever tax bracket you're in it's going to tell you what social class you're in and you have you have to do your social status you are you have to do it by your state because the cost of living there it'll tell you based on that state and how much you make a year what are the social economic classes statuses in that state and that's what you belong to now if you move it will be quite different it could go up or down because of the cost of living in that new state. Okay. That's why you have in certain cities, the dichotomy of professionals marrying because the lines of social status are blurred in those places. For example, in California, the average teacher's salary is $80,000 a year, whereas the average plumber's salary is 54000 a year. Teaching being seen as a middle-class profession while plumbing being seen as a lower class profession. Whereas in Georgia, the average teacher salary is $55,000 a year and the average plumber salary is $68,000 a year. Okay, that sounds odd and strange. It's, it sounds odd and strange. In which state do you think a teacher is more likely to marry a plumber? In Georgia, it would be, because he would be considered of a higher socioeconomic status. And she would be middle class. He would be middle class also, but I have to check what that is for Georgia the amount every year. 
Surprisingly, teachers in California will be more likely to marry a plumber than a teacher in Georgia because of the cost of living in those two states. The cost of living is so high in California that a person will be more pragmatic about who they are willing to date and marry, and they will focus more on what their two salaries can do combined when deciding who to date and marry. Whereas in Georgia, because the cost of living is so low, people can be more picky and will focus on things like social class and status when dictating who they would date and marry. That's why I would think that the teacher would marry the plumber in Georgia because he would make more than her. If you're talking about combining one's income, I think that that's not correct. If the teacher's making $80,000 in California, why would she marry a, a plumber that's making $54,000 there? Unless it's, it's, I don't think that is a good comparison After, of proving the point of people of different socioeconomic status is marrying. I think that the different economic status would have married. And the difference would have been between the Georgia plumber, he made the most, he makes the most, and the teacher that makes the, he would be marrying. They would be different socioeconomic classes, but it would be it would be more convenient for them to marry because men usually make more in the United States still, and it's common for women to marry men that make more than them, and it's less common for a woman to marry a man that makes less than her. That's the way that I would see it, but I, I, I could be wrong. What do you all think? The last thing I want to state about social status that, that I learned from my sociology class, and I cannot overstate this enough, is that social status has nothing to do with wealth and everything to do with class. Yeah, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that there's a big difference. Just like I mentioned the comparison of somebody that is rich and wealthy, new money, but they uh, have a lower social class mentality. They just have money. That's their social class, not their social economic status. Like that is different. It's just that here in the U.S., we have been lying to ourselves so long saying that there is no class system that many of us have incorrectly used wealth interchangeably in place of status. Yeah. There, that is why a plumber can make more than a teacher, but the teacher will always be considered of a higher class, even if she makes less money because the plumber is getting dirty. Yeah. And this is how I look at, at social class. To a certain extent, but not really. We, we, can, we have to associate this. This may be a new category coming out uh, of, of about that is apart from social class, social class, you know, where people that uh, are, are, uh, are is generally thought that people that are low social class as it relates to money, because a lot of people say that your social economic status is intermingled with your social class. Not really. Now, it, it, it has been described to be in the past, but it's not really just like what I'm going to state is like, it's, it's, it, it, it's a different class in itself. We can say people that are, that go to jobs and they depend on employers to get them a job. 
we can say because that employer can give a job there of a uh, and and they don't they don't they don't have a boss they give the job we can say that they are of a high social class but can we but is that true You know, and this person states, it's typical, it's typical to see a rich male CEO marry a beautiful girl who's a young unemployed, who's a young unemployed girl, but she's super hot. Yeah, that's what I was stating. It's common to see wealthy men marrying women that are of different economic classes, statuses, but you'll never see a top female CEO marry a male cashier. This is known as hypergamy or a woman's natural inclination to find the highest value male she can find that will provide for her and her children when she's unable to work. Whereas men try to find the youngest, most beautiful, most fertile women we can find. It's been like this since Adam and Eve. She brings beauty, youth and sexuality to the table. He brings money, power, influence and provisioning to the table. If you don't believe me, just look at all the Instagram thoughts showing their butts on the expensive yachts that old rich men pay for. Okay, that's a guy. Now, and another guy answered him and said, thank you. Now, that kind of went over there. We they took that over there with that answer. He, like, went there. Okay, now, so, you know, is is so, so we're going to change it. Because usually, you is common. It's common to see men of higher social economic status class marry women that are not. He stated in school they're teaching them that they don't go far from the spectrum like that. But this guy stated that you will see women that are of so so low social economic class and status married older, wealthier, rich men. So we know it happens or involved with them. So we know it happens. Now, this this one is about is it worth marrying a guy with a low social economic status? Men usually it's common that, that the man will make more than a woman here in the United States. Still, that's like, that's the norm. That's what you're going to see usually. So is it worth it marrying a guy with a low socioeconomic status? And we know that we married for love, but in the United States, we had the most divorces and they're usually about money. And it, it could be about not marrying for love, but marrying for money, marrying for socioeconomic status like that. Or was it married for love? And then marry somebody of a lower social economic status. Okay, we never know, so we're gonna find out. This would depend on a number of variables. Number one, your age. If you belong to the unmature 18 to 22 years years old age group, and thus more prone to infatuation and mature love, with a guy, I strongly advise you not to be hasty. Let the guy work hard, get a decent job with good status and salary, and improve his social economic status. 
Number two would be your locality. If you are a metro big city girl and all your life has been spent indulging in, in the luxurious of luxuries of life, I strongly advise you against it. You may develop serious inferiority complex after marriage when you compare yourself with your best besties. Okay. Number three, your job. If you do not work and earn decently enough, you are better advised not to take the plunge. It's not that I'm against guys, but I know that there needs to I know that there needs to be a little pragmatism when you need to decide about the most important decision of your life. Because an unhappy marriage will neither be good for you or him. If the guy's not capable and does not have any potential to grow big in life and is only good at useless, non-paying chic, then he is better treated as a good man by heel time passer till you get married to a decent, rich enough, with good status guy. Okay, okay, I don't know about all that. Lesson for guys. Career and a good position in life are important for you if you don't have a millionaire dad. Okay. Now, I don't know about that. I don't know. This guy answers that and said, in my situation, my age answers that guy that just answer the question. In my situation, my age is 29 years and I'm a doctor. The two guys among me, us, whom I am to choose are also doctors having the same specialization. Only difference between them is that the one with decent looks comes from a low socioeconomic background and the other one from a good socioeconomic background, but with below average looks. So I'm confused. This person, the first person answers back and says, choose the good looking one. You are a qualified doctor and not dependent upon your man to take care of you. Do not compromise your life for an average looking guy. So, okay. So that was a woman that initially answered about it stating the number one, your age, your locality. Okay. So this person is, is she, is she, and she answers this person and says, because all of you are doctors and one comes from a not so well social economic background, but the other one does that you have the, and because you're a doctor, you're female, you had the option to choose because you're choosing amongst doctors, despite his social economic background. So choose the good looking one, and you don't have to settle basically is what she's saying. Okay. So that's how women are thinking. And, and the doctor that is female states, I would also like to mention that I come from a good social economic background. Can you please give me your suggestion regarding this situation? And she answers back and says, be resolute with your family. They try to persuade you till eternity to choose the guy with a higher socioeconomic background. You both are young, highly educated, and earning a decent amount of money. With time, socioeconomics would improve on their own. So, so it's, it's about all of them are doctors, the three. One has, it's more about they come from a, not a good socioeconomic background, but now they're a doctor. So it could be about their socioeconomic class, but he's good looking and he's a doctor. She comes from a good socioeconomic background and she's worried about where her parents are going to stay. The, the one that is giving her the advice is telling her that she doesn't have to settle because it's not like you're going to be marrying a man from a different socioeconomic background, meaning that he will be poor and you will be wealthy. You're met. Both of you are doctors. His upbringing just was different. 
but he's done everything and whatever and become a doctor. So that's different. And that things could potentially work out because now he's of a higher socioeconomic status financially. And so he will learn the couture of a different socioeconomic class by being with her, class-wise and not economic-wise. Because economic-wise, because he's a doctor, he fills in a gap by himself. So that's the way women are choosing partners. This guy says, well, it depends totally upon you. As per my understanding, it's hard to compromise your social economic status. For example, right now, you only buy and wear branded clothes and shoes, have coffee in restaurants, and go to your social gatherings in a decent car at least. Now, if you marry someone who cannot support your social status, then you have to compromise on your likes. That's why... That's why is your call, either you are ready for such a compromise or not. What I have witnessed so far is that it's really hard to compromise that easily. Imagine is this also you will meet your friends, your family after marriage who have good socioeconomic statuses. Now, when you go out with them, they will eat in fancy restaurants about fancy clothes, which, by the way, can damage your whole month budget just to be in their shoes. Now, make your decision. I hope for the best. Okay. So he's st stating that if a woman marries someone of a, a man of a lower socioeconomic status, she's going to have to make a lot of sacrifices financially because she's not going to be able to do what she's accustomed to doing. And, you know, love and marriage comes with fights. With, with, you don't marry people for money like that. Boy, you wouldn't be. You wouldn't be marrying them for their money because they wouldn't have any. But in, in love and marriage comes with sacrifices, but will the person be worth the sacrifice? If you gave up your current lifestyle, which would be of a, if a woman gave up her current lifestyle, which would be of a high socioeconomic status, or, and, and then she married someone of a low one, and she had to give up whatever, 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 would... Because if, even if she was the one that was working and maintained her own social economic status, because he's of a low and he would have a lower paying job, she would be paying all the bills. So she would have to give up luxuries and a lifestyle because she would have to carry his weight. Now, a part of the weight of the financial responsibilities. If, is he worth that? Will his love, will he appreciate it? Will he see it? Will he recognize it? Will he point it out and love you all the more for it? You know, will he? Men do it all the time, but it's usually common here in the United States. You know, And this guy states, why would there be any problem in the first place? It's not the wife's responsibility to support the family financially. So he's saying it shouldn't be a problem for her to marry somebody of a low socioeconomic status because he's supposed to be supporting the family. But 
But yeah, that would work if she's also of that same low socioeconomic status and doesn't expect much. You know? Or what do you all think? This person states, be aware that if you marry someone from a low, from a very poor background. Okay, my, my issue, this is the only issue that I have, is that if you marry somebody that is of a lower socioeconomic status and you try to motivate them to want more, do more in their life, will that work? Or would they be accustomed to that not having anything and they'd be okay with that? And they'll just get to live a comfortable life because you can afford them that because they're with you. So it motivates them less. Or will they look at you as an example and want to aspire to that? Or aspire to more or aspire to their own dreams and aspirations? A lot of things for me, a lot of topics bring up more questions. And those easy answers are everybody are the same and all that. That obviously doesn't work with us having so many divorces. That's not realistic to think that way. Because everybody isn't the same. We're only the same because we're human. That's it. This person states, be aware that if you marry someone from a very poor background and you are doing well for yourself, think of their relationship with their family, including extended family, and how that will affect you too, the two of you. You may very well have your partner's relatives come to you for loans, handouts, and gifts. They may want to stay with you for just a couple of days or want you to help with some get-rich-quit scheme. Not all poor people are honorable or, in, or incompetent financially, but many of them will be loyal to their family members. So he's stating that be careful if you marry somebody of a lower socioeconomic status because their family could be begging from you and they're going to stick with their family. And they will want to get you in get-rich-quit schemes, I guess as opposed to things that through your own hard work and energy effort get, out, get you out of your financial burden. He states that not all poor people are honorable or competent financially, but many of them will be loyal to their family members. Your partner will find themselves in a very difficult situation. Out of guilt and loyalty, they may want to help their relatives. But even if you become billionaires, your own resources will be limited. You have to be able to draw the line, and some people are not willing or able to do that. This can cause great stress on a marriage, and the feelings of guilt for your partner will mingle with feelings of jealousy and outright abuse from that extended family, but because people expect that it is their obligation to share. So, so if somebody of a lower socioeconomic status marries somebody that is of higher one, that family of the lower socioeconomic status feels that that person is obligated to share with them because they married somebody that has money. So why isn't it okay you marry the person and then everybody stays in everybody's own business why are you obligated to share? 
when it's obligated, it's not really sharing. It's just obligation. And you're not obligated to do it. So I don't really agree with that. But that could be the experience that someone has had. So this lady states, very frustrating, particularly so when you realize their views of money and social etiquette are much different than yours are, as it can lead to conflict. That's the most important answer that any of them have stated. That's the issue right there. I've been at both ends of the social economic spectrum, financially speaking, but I retain the values with which I was raised. So, for example, holding a view of quality over quantity, I preach that, and being with someone who believes quality doesn't even matter, just how cheap something is, this can be annoying. Little things like that. Nothing that would result in me leaving, of course, but pet peeves. So, this, this person states, this guy states, the question should be, is it logical or rational to marry someone much poorer than you? Two questions to ask oneself first. Will this initial financial discrepancy make you resentful? Will a lack of financial input cause hardships for the newly made family? Okay, with that question, with the lack, with the, with the lack of financial input, because the, the one of the lower social economic status wouldn't be able to give any valuable advice about the finances in the home life, or would not be able to add anything to that, which usually traditionally was the woman's role in the relationship. Because the man was making the most money handling the finances. And it's usually customary that men will marry women of different socioeconomic statuses than they have. And it would work quite well because her job was to cook, clean, raise the children. And his job was the money. And he also states, if the answer is no, then it would seem to be fine. If you are going to keep score or hold the spouse's initial relative lack of wealth against them, you know the whole, I own you or I rescue you, so you owe me, so you owe me, I owe you, okay. Then it still is rational, just very unhealthy and probably cruel. If marrying this person guarantees abject poverty for the foreseeable future, then that is unwise. So he states that if you marry the person and you're going to hold it over their head, that you rescued them, and so they owe you in some way, that that's not healthy, that that's cruel. But if you marry the person, and it guarantees that you're going to be poor and living in poverty, potentially for the rest of your marriage, that that's not wise either. Well, it would depend if your mind, he also states, if your mindset is, now we are one, finances included, and you can pay the bills, then you're good. That's what I was about to say. If the person from the lower socioeconomic status has a get up and go personality, has energy, is from has a class mindset that is similar to yours, only finance is different, and they are eager, they want to learn, they have energy, they have dreams, they have aspirations, they want to put them into practice, and they can change their own socioeconomic status, therefore changing the socioeconomic status for you both, even though your social economic status with or without them is great, then I think that's a good thing. But if they get in there and they're of a low social economic status 
and they're lazy. They don't want to do anything. You have to motivate them to want to do something for their life. Financially, you have to motivate them to want to help in the household financially. You want to have, you have to motivate them to aspire and they refuse, but they can live of what you're providing and live a good life other that they would not have been able to live on their own. Hell no. Hell no. That's going to be a problem in the marriage that love isn't going to be able to cure. Because people want people that they can build with. And, and usually there are roles in marriages. Either you're going to be cleaning the house, washing the dishes, cooking the food, and raising the children. And I'm going to be out working. That's the masculine energy. Or the person that makes the most money. And, and I'm going to be out working and taking care of the finances. And those are our roles. Or we're going to be building together equally. And you're going to have to get, have some get up and go about you. Without me having to train it into you. And then if, 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 if it's opposite that and that person does have to get up and go. Okay, then, yeah, you, can, you should be able to marry them and have a happy life with them. People in the United States that, that spread around that pipe dream that money isn't everything, it doesn't mean anything. Everybody in the United States and in other countries should laugh at Americans when they say that. Because Americans have the highest divorce rate and it's based on money. They need to have some real honest and open communications about money. And stop promoting the propaganda that makes them look good and stating that money isn't everything. It's not everything, but it's enough to end a marriage based on fact. 